Okay, so it's been a little while since I've done a podcast, and that's because I've been busy enjoying fatherhood. It also takes up a lot of time. Babies are quite demanding, it turns out. Growing a human being uh, from just a tiny thing up into a fully fledged adult is actually, you know, it takes up most of your life uh, because it's, it's quite complicated and, you know, they have um, lots of demands, like you have to feed them at least once every couple of days, uh, change their nappies once or twice a week, that sort of thing. Apparently, I don't know, I don't do any of this myself, I leave it to my, my people to do all of that kind of stuff, but I, I supervise, um, they send me spreadsheets and updates and stuff like that. Anyway, I finally managed to get some time together to uh, do another podcast, and this one was a bit of a whistle-stop. I managed to get some time with Lorenzo Escobar before he caught a flight to Amsterdam. Now, Lorenzo is a really interesting guy because he uh, cleans cars. Doesn't sound very exciting, but he makes it exciting because uh, he bought himself his first car detailing kit uh, when he was uh, still, I think, early 20s, late teens, um, because he was desperate. He didn't know what else to do. And the one thing he was good at, uh, which could make him a buck or two, was detailing cars. Uh, this was just outside Toronto in a place called Mississauga. I think that's how you pronounce it. And um, yeah, from there it just skyrocketed. And through um, experimentation, through constant action, and through being a little bit brave, he managed to secure contracts with people like Google, people like Tesla, and it's just gone from strength to strength to strength. So I managed to get 30 minutes with him, and we talked about how you grow, how you overcome uh, the fear that holds us back. You know, people like us don't do things like that. What will people think? Um, you know, what if it fails? That kind of thing. And uh, we also talked about how you, um, it's important to surround yourself by um, the people you kind of want to be, so mentors, whether that's through books, networking events, whatever kind of avenues you can get yourself into. Um, we talked about all different kind of things like that. So it's a really interesting one. There's some actionable stuff in here, and it's, um, it's a really good 30 minutes spent with him. Just before we get started, just to let you know that this podcast is now um, sponsored by Life of Your Own Media. So have a listen, and you'll be hearing more about them uh, shortly in the next couple of podcasts. All right, then. Here we go. This is me chatting with entrepreneur and all-around interesting guy, Lorenzo Escobar. very lucky to be here with um, Lorenzo Escobar and a really interesting story this because you're a bit of an entrepreneur in the world of auto detailing and that probably seems quite uh, way removed from what I normally talk about but there is a, a connection here because you built a business from the ground up you've got some big clients uh, Google Tesla so you're, you're pretty dynamic you're going to a lot of places and you understand personal growth and it's just it's quite a fascinating story you, you've come over from Mississauga is it in outside Toronto is that how yeah, you pronounce it? that's right <laughs> and uh, you have won numerous awards for your entrepreneurialism um, young entrepreneur of the year and, and those kind of things so give us a little bit of a brief bit of background about how it all started and then um, we'll, we'll go from there in terms of yeah, yeah all good so 
How I started was actually was by accident. It's not yeah. like being an entrepreneur is not something that I actually planned for where you know, where I actually wanted to work for myself. It was never planned because, you know, for, you know, my background is, a Fili is Filipino and normally we were raised in a way where you do well in school, you get a job, you work your way up and that's how you be successful. So coming into the entrepreneurial space, as I said, was an accident because of the fact that, so this stemmed back in 2011. So this was yeah. during first year university. So at the time, so you we, were like what, eighteen? I was like eighteen. Yeah. No, seventeen. Actually, seven. No, eighteen years old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I was eighteen years old, and during first year of university, so I was a typical student where you know you have your bills to pay, and I was actually trying to look for work. So, but it was during the recession, so not many places were hiring at the time. To a point where I applied to over twenty-five positions, and either I got rejected or just didn't hear. So what um, kind of stuff are you applying for? Just so like a there? customer, like a, okay, so like a bank teller, customer service, yeah. uh, agent for an airline. So pretty um, much any kind of any early retail student position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so because I didn't hear from anybody or I got rejected, so that was when I had to make an economy for myself. So I gotta figure a way how to make money because I gotta pay the bills. Yeah, and I got into the auto detailing um, because of the fact that so during high school I was cleaning my own my parents' car as a chore yeah. and eventually neighbors uh, saw the work I did which was a very good job at the time. So you were a little yeah, bit yeah. kind of obsessive about so you weren't just cleaning cars, you were obsessively polishing Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing, yeah. Doing a really good I job. actually enjoyed doing it. Um, it was I find it uh, very therapeutic because just seeing the results from like a dirty car to pretty much it looks like brand new. It's just it gave me a lot of uh, self satisfaction. That, that's pretty unusual. Yeah. Most parents when they ask their kids to wash their car, they reluctantly kind of chuck a bucket of water on it, give it yeah, a yeah. close down, <laughs> and then they go up to their room and play yeah. PlayStation or whatever. That's so, right. So yeah, so that's, so initially and immediately, you, you've got a kind of, a bit of a work ethic going on there. I guess you could say that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, well, is this the same kind of ethic you applied to everything, or was it just specifically you were obsessed with cars? Uh, that's practically with everything. So, okay. um, in terms of work, I think I like the fact that you know I, I, I did enjoy making money. Yeah. So, you know, before I had a newspaper job when I was 11 years old and then uh, I just worked my way up from there. So when I was 15, which was the legal working age in Canada, uh, I had my first hourly position. I remember it was just under $8 an hour that I was okay. getting paid. Yeah. So in British pounds, it's about five pounds an hour. So yeah. where was that? That was, uh, that was in Toronto. So I was working at a uniform store uh, okay. when I was uh, 15 years old. So I was yeah. helping uh, students size their uniforms and sell Fantastic. the uniforms. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, uh, my that was my entry level for an actual early work. And at the same yeah. time, uh, when I got tasked to you know clean up my parents' car, and then eventually neighbors saw what I was doing, and then they like to help a neighbor, so they decided yeah. to ask me, and okay. the results was pretty good. So. I, I remember at the time my, my mom was telling me, oh, you should make this in, into a business. I said, no, I don't see it yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not going to years later. So when not many places were hiring, like I said, that's how I got into the automotive space because that was the only skill that I thought um, that I was good at. And So was yeah. it a case of like, I, I have exhausted all other avenues here. Yeah. I don't know what else I'm, exactly. I can do. I'm desperate. Yes. So exactly. Let's just wash a few cars. Exactly, and make a buck, and you yeah. pay the bills. And go with your tail between your legs. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is just, what have I become? This is it was more of a survival, right? It was yeah, yeah. more of a survival. Like, I just had to find means of making money, right? Yeah. 
So, and, yeah. But you didn't just make a bob or two, you, you started doing really well. Um, initially, no, I wasn't yeah. doing well. Um, because here's the thing, like, you know, when you start at 18 years old and then why should you entrust a kid to work on a car and yeah. actually trust them, right? Um, so, you know, there was a lot of people where they had reservations just because I was young and, and inexperienced. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had to work my way up in a way where I had to under-promise but over-deliver so that it actually exceeds their expectations. So now yeah. that they become comfortable uh, working with me. So, so you, had, you had a strategy then? For getting out of this kind of position where you were? Um, I didn't know if it was a strategy, but it was just something that I guess I just had to, to prove because I never really had the business skills at first. Like I just didn't know the like the actual understanding, so I had to learn as I go. Yeah. Um, even though I went to university and I actually graduated with the, I was in the honors program on uh, Bachelor of Commerce and I majored in marketing, but most of the business and entrepreneurial skills are something that I just learned from my own business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh, I just learned as I go. I never had a mentor, so I, I, all I did was just read books and Google for information and just kind of see uh, what worked for my business yeah. at the time. So yeah. talk of Googling. Mm. You now have Google as one of your clients. Yes, that's right. So you do all their, their fleet cars, is it? Uh, so it's the employee vehicles for the Canadian headquarters in Waterloo. So my team goes on site and we actually detail the cars on site to make them look like new Ford or Google employees. So it's their yeah. personal vehicles. And this was actually ironic because Google found us on Google uh, where, <laughs> yeah. where uh, I actually got an email inquiry. This was back in 2015. Yeah. Um, they were inquiring, they were looking for a company to, to you know, come, come on site and work on their cars. So they asked me a lot of questions and I answered their questions really well. And, and the uh, meeting, which actually, uh, which, and eventually I did get the job, and the meeting was actually a day before my 23rd birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was still technically 22 when Google agreed to work with us so it's so you weren't intimidated by not really the scale of the project or anything like no that? no even though it was about 55 to 70 cars and I was just myself so it, was just you. <laughs> it was just myself at so, that time so how do you and, but presumably you told Google you, your, your team will do all this no yeah exactly <laughs> I said that my team will do it but the, the team was actually me <laughs> so, so how do you go from buying your first kind of car detailing kit and a clearance sale to then becoming you know, the, the, the contract supplier for this service to Google, and then on to becoming a, was it a charging partner for Tesla? Yeah, well? charging partner for Tesla initially started as a charging partner, and then one year later when they opened up the service department that was not far from my in-house location, yeah. that's when they just reached out to us right away. Because I do have a fixed location in a city yeah. called Oakville, uh, so, you know, people can actually bring in their cars uh, to our shop where they can get the service done there. And at the same time, we have the Tesla car chargers. So any Tesla owners okay. who comes to our shop. So while you're getting, so while you're getting your car cleaned up, you, you get a free charge as well. So in, in a sense, you've now got a captive audience. Yes. All the Tesla owners in your area who need their cars detailed. Exactly. Yes. They're going to come to you. Yes, they come to us. Yes. Yeah. So we do have an official. Uh, partnership uh, with Tesla. So that was a pretty clever move on your part. I wouldn't say it's clever, but I think that was actually a drunken move that I did because, oh, really? yeah, yeah, because how I got the charging partnership yeah. first. So 
Um, this was actually back in 2015. So one of the services that we offer is uh, um, film detailing. So yeah. uh, we work with film companies where they actually go, so we go on site. We're kind of like, the, you could say it's the makeup artist. Yeah. So we're like the makeup artist where we make sure the car looks pretty and shiny. Uh, through the commercial, whether if it's a film shoot or a commercial shoot, anything that comes okay. So, so you're, you're, you're on set making sure constantly yeah. throughout the day. Exactly. It's cleaned. It's exactly, yes. Yeah. So we've, we've done some for Tesla, we've done some from, uh, for Ford as well too. Yeah. Uh, but the Tesla is just a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, so that was my first hands-on experience like in the car itself, like actually drive them. Uh, like yeah. even though I do have Tesla owners, uh, clients coming in before that, but I didn't really have but I, I didn't get the chance to drive the cars or anything. I was just more, you know, cleaning it up. Yeah, but this is a first-hand experience where I got to drive them. I got to know the brand. I got to know the car. And I thought it was very fascinating with what they were doing at the time. So this yeah. was back in November 2015 when we were doing the commercial shoot. So that was the time when I actually signed my commercial lease as well. Yeah. Um, my first commercial lease. And during the renovations, and I remember this was during Christmas break. And I was... I drank quite a bit, uh, yeah. a lot of wine, and I was up at like two in the morning. Um, and then just like, you know, it was just on the Tesla website, just looking around. Mm -hmm. And I just had this, I would say it's an epiphany um, where, okay, so if I have these Tesla owners coming in anyway, so I have my shop, so what if I offer like free car charging, you know, yeah. like charge up your car. So it's like giving them a free gas, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're dealing with two needs at the same time. Yeah, thing. like it's more of like a value proposition, right? Yeah, so yeah. in a way, it's kind of unique where you stand out. So I thought of, okay, maybe it's a good uh, value proposition for the Tesla owners. So that's why maybe they should come here. Um, so I was looking for a way to get the charging partner. So I read into the charging partnership. So they called it the destination charging where mm -hmm. Tesla partners up with only at the time, hotels, restaurants, and shopping malls. Yeah. Um, but never in this automotive detailing, right? So, uh, so all I did was I uh, all I did was yeah I had I had I think two bottles of wine at the time, but, yeah. <laughs> but I I decided to just uh, go to the contact box, yeah, uh, contact box, and then just wrote this crazy proposal and actually and heard. You and you spell checked it and made sure it was okay, it wasn't too drunk? No, I didn't even spell check it. It was just literally <laughs> on Tesla's website on, the, on a comment box or hey, on a contact box it. and then it's, I didn't know how it goes. And yeah, so three days later I actually got a response. Um, response saying that we've got accepted as a charging partner. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, I would say, yeah, it was a drunken move. I wouldn't say it was clever, but I guess it was clever drunk. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So in terms of that then, how do you overcome that, that bravery that when Google say, yeah, well, we'll take you on, or how do you overcome that fear, sorry, and, and you're kind of there thinking, oh my God, I've now got to, I've got to get a team together. Yeah. How, how am I going to make it work? You know, how do you, how do, are you not frightened off? That. I wasn't frightened. I wasn't frightened by it to be honest with you. I was more motivated to actually deliver. So okay. now because that you promise and you agree that you're going to render the service, even though you kind of sold the cart before the horse. Yeah. Um, now it's just a matter of you. So I was pressed. It was self pressure. It was yeah. more of self pressure where I'm determined to deliver with what I promised, and I don't like to personally, you know, I don't like to disappoint people. Yeah. So if I say that I'm going to do something, I will actually do it. And with the promises I made for Google, with the promises I made for Tesla, um, 
so I have that end goal is to deliver that result and so I just had to figure my way by building the blocks as to how to deliver that goal. Yeah. So you know from hiring the team, hiring or get more supplies, get more equipment. Um, so I, I just had to work my way there. And how, how did you get the people together? Did you, were they people you knew? Did you call in favors? How did uh, you so in terms of hiring people, I just, set a, I, just, uh, I just put a job posting up there and people actually yeah. applied for the position. And, and we actually paid more than the minimum wage, so that was attractive for a lot of the students as well. Yeah. So that was during summertime. Um, some, I've had, so uh, in 2015, that was when I made my first hire. And uh, I was 23 years old when I, have, when I had my first employee. He yeah. was, I think, 17, 18 years old around there. And, and you know, good character. How many do you have now? Uh, so it depends on the season. So okay. because in Canada we have winter time, which is our slower time, so we'll have fewer people. But during yeah. summertime, we're busier. It could vary between six to ten people, if not more. But that's just been the average. So it, yeah. it's it all depends as to what's scheduled on those days. Okay, and you're clearly you're working on lots of other things as well. Mm -hmm. So you're you're a speaker. Um, you you talk a lot about mentors and mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Who are you working with in terms of mentorships and speaker speaking and things like that? Uh, I actually do have a lot of uh, mentors, so it really depends as to which which uh, uh, avenue in terms okay. of mentorship. So it could be business processes, could be marketing, could be branding. So I have different coaches and mentors, not just one. Okay. Um, so I, d I have a lot of uh, mentors and some of my clients who are successful business owners, they're my mentors as well. Yeah. So we have a really good relationship as to you know where I actually ask them I actually ask them you know so you don't have any fear about saying oh look while you're here can I just ask you a few questions about yeah. how you do this how, do you, how, do I, how am I gonna market this to you? <laughs> how am I gonna yeah actually so when I was going to people's houses um, so, so it, it, it's like when you know you go to your barber and you tell your life story so it's yeah, like yeah. the same so it's like as if I'm the barber for the car so I'm detailing the car and I, a lot of the clients like to talk to me while I'm working in the car. Cool. So yeah. in a way, in a way, I get paid. I get paid. I get money, and I get a lot of free advice. So during the top, you know, while I'm working on the car, I'm talking to the client um, yeah. about anything really. So it's the best way to actually connect with people, uh, learn from people, and make money off of them. And so you're basically just there, you're having a lovely conversation while you're working. Exactly. People are learning about you, you're learning about them. Mm -hmm. This is your brand in a way, isn't it? This is who you are. And people, yes. People enjoy that, they enjoy mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the company they get while you're exactly. detailing the company. Because in any service-based industry, and as you know, it's yeah. always uh, built on relationship. So, you, so this is how you differentiate yourself from your competition. Yeah, uh, is one as well too. And another differentiation is that everyone is unique. And at the end of the day, it's who do you feel comfortable working with? Yeah. And because of my experience, because of the things that I've done, um, and also the type of uh, clientele that I attracted, a lot of people would like to work with me as well too, and also my team. Um, so now that I have my team, so I actually empower them to do what I'm doing. So yeah. instead of them going to me, they feel comfortable talking to anybody on the team. Okay. Uh, to, cool. to wish to a point where whether if you have an inquiry, my team knows how to sell the package to them. They don't have to go to me. So, yeah. so, so that's really interesting because often there's a, this idea that everything has to be professional. Yes. Everything has to be rigid and structured and this is who we are as a company mm -hmm. and you leave your personality behind. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and certainly I suppose as you get bigger and bigger, there's going to be a little bit of a fight to keep your personality there because that's what people are buying into. 
Of course. And yeah, then how do you manage that? That's the actually this is what big corporations tend to forget is uh, they get too much in the in a corporate environment. Yeah. Um, even though we are growing, but I still like to keep that small business uh, small business feel. So the corporate yeah. culture is very important. Uh, so obviously, you know, you just need a good role model for the team members where you treat them as how you want to be treated. You foster that environment where you give them a lot of empowerment where they can make their decisions and hold them accountable for, for those decisions. So let's say if something bad happens, you know, they're responsible for whatever that happens, yeah. uh, for whatever the consequences. And they get, they get paid and they get a lot of benefits as well working for me. Okay. So they're very comfortable where they are. Yeah. Presumably though, working with water uh, it can be quite a cold job, it can be pretty gruesome being outdoors sometimes, especially in Canada, where it can get pretty cold. Oh, exactly. How do you maintain people's kind of passion for the, for a job that is so demanding um, when, you know, they might rather be indoors somewhere, keeping dry? Yeah, so during the cold season, a lot of the clients would actually bring their car store in-house in, in okay. shop, so yeah. the team works indoors. Uh, so you just, depending on the weather, you just can't like you cannot detail cars outside no, yeah. <laughs> so so during winter time it's not an issue for us okay mm -hmm. so and so you, you managed to keep everyone's morale high oh yes um, they remember they're part of a team so they carry out they, they never turn up at someone's address or somewhere kind of pissed off it's like oh another car i've got to do oh my god really <laughs> uh, the money that. motivates them a lot so yeah. even for my best training uh people like my seniors some yeah. will make north of ten thousand dollars a month Okay. Uh, and they make a good living out of it. Yeah, fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm conscious of the time. You've got to catch a flight to Amsterdam very soon. How are we doing? We are good. We're good. <laughs> so, um, okay, so say I have a dream, right? Whatever it might be, uh, for you it ended up being auto detailing and that worked out really well for you, even though kind of probably wasn't where you thought you were going to end up. But I have a dream, and I'll say I might have a job, or I might mm. be stuck at home, or whoever I am. But I'm scared. I'm a little bit scared. What will people think? How will I get it started? Mm. You know, someone like me never has success, never um, does that thing. You know, I always fail. Mm -hmm. um, there's no point trying because, you know, you don't see people like me winning. How do you change that mindset? Um, to say someone like me can do this, someone like me is prepared to take mm. the risk. Uh, well, one is uh, you want to surround yourself with the right people. Um, so there's that saying: is that you are the average of the five people you surround. Yeah, those who surround yourself with is who you become. Yeah. And so the way I see it is, if you surround yourself with like-minded and people who are more successful than you, you can actually grow. Because if you are the top dog, you're in your in in your circle and everyone else is below you how else are you going to grow when you're already at your potential yeah so if you surround yourself with people who's way higher than you that's how you can grow so even if you're the boss you still have to find people who are more experienced than you so you spend a lot of time with kind of local chambers of commerce that's right like that. that's yeah. right and then i do have a lot of clients who are very successful in what they do. Some yeah. are multimillionaires, and some of my clients are in the top 100 richest in the country. So I yeah. actually learned a lot from them. Uh, but also, the traveling does make a difference as well, too, because yeah. you know traveling to Europe is very different in North America, where culture and the way business is done is completely different. So you're exposed to these 
different cultures, different processes where it's unique that, you know what, you can actually, I can take this point and implement it in my own business and that's how you're different from your competition. So finding mentors then, so kind of peers, people you aspire to kind of be like or at that level. If you don't have access to a network of your own, how can you do that? There's a lot of information that you can actually find online. Okay. Um, where there's a lot of people out there who shares a lot of valuable information about personal growth, personal development, okay. where you could, even at home, you can just like listen to a podcast, for example. So, so like right? books, podcasts, yes. kind of just surround yourself with that kind of yes, that if, mentality. Yes, exactly. If you surround yourself with that kind of mentality, um, like even if you're driving or yeah. you're doing other work, but you just play in the background, sometimes you, your brain will retain bits and you know information yeah. here and there. Um, that's one way to begin with, but eventually, uh, you as an entrepreneur, you really want to go out there and actually network yeah. uh, in person. Uh, before, I was a very shy person where I, I'm always afraid of uh, approaching people. Yeah. Um, but in the business world, well, in the business world, when I got there, that's something that I actually developed over time. So it wasn't really natural for me before. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kept on exposing myself to, you know, different people, just approaching them, have conversations. Do you ever find yourself kind of chickening out and saying, oh, I can't face like breaking the ice? Oh, yeah. Big stranger? yeah. 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 Um, in the beginning, in the beginning, I just didn't really know as to how to craft a conversation. So yeah. certain things can get awkward and sometimes you can feel embarrassed. But that's something that you do have to go through and learn yeah. for yourself, right? So, like there's nothing wrong in making mistakes because it, everything is a learning lesson. So is it literally a matter of just kind of going up to someone with your hand outstretched and saying, hi, yeah. I'm Lorenzo. Exactly. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's why I've, I've been doing that a lot actually, especially when I'm traveling, when I'm yeah. talking to people in the planes. Um, and over time you, you, you see their personality and you know, reading people, that's something you develop as well too. So you, Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes with some people, they they put off an aura where you can tell whether if they're approachable or not. So some people, you you know, before you go up to them, yeah, they're, they're going <laughs> to tell me to get lost. Yeah, exactly, gonna, exactly, yeah. and then that goes with experience. Yeah. Um, so before, when I didn't have as much experience, uh, you know, I still approached people, but you know, sometimes it didn't end up well, where they were just cold, cold yeah. to you, right? And that's just something in life like you know it's, it's never it's never shining rainbows as you can say I heard someone say once that no and rejection is the default answer to everything and so don't get upset about that that's just how it is yeah um, it's like expecting every door to be locked and then finding mm -hmm. an open mm -hmm. one. you know it's just it, it's just how it is and you just have to deal with that and work through all the exactly I mean how many no's did you go through before you got your first contract it was the York transit the York um, Transit, yes, uh, uh, York Region Transit. That was twenty, if I remember the year, May of twenty eleven. Yeah. Um, they were actually my first higher paying client uh, during the during the first two weeks when I started my business. Um, how I got that gig it was by accident, where I actually set up a Google AdWord campaign where I got this free AdWord credit that, and so I was just playing around with the uh, software, not knowing yeah. what to do, just follow prompt, this, this, and that. And eventually I got a call. Okay. Yeah, eventually I got a call to inquire for a service. And at the time, I didn't really know how to talk to, I didn't really know how to sell at the time. So 
so there was a lot of challenges with that one, but eventually the lady gave me a chance, and wow, it's like <laughs> that was you so many. That was like eight, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so all of this is just experimenting here. Yeah, experiment. Reading here. Exactly. Approaching people there. Just yeah. Just like, being active yeah. all the time. Being active all the time. Learning as you go. Um, even though I went to school uh, for business, but yeah. as much as they teach you things in theory, it doesn't always work in every business. So yeah. there's things that will work, but not everything will work. Um, uh, so, so from there, you learn from those mistakes, you see what works and you see what doesn't, and then it just, you just continue to grow and develop over time. It's interesting. Um, and, uh, one last question before uh, I let you go. No, we have time. No, we could go. Oh, we got another 10, 15 minutes. Okay, and then, yeah, cool. we'll be fine. Um, well, it, I just, there's, um, there's a lot of motivational stuff mm, out there. Mm. You see it all over the internet. Lots of kind of quotes from famous minds, you know, mm -hmm. um, lots of business leaders. Uh, loads of books out there. I've written a couple myself. Um, but there's a difference between talking the talk and then actually... Walking the walk. Yeah, taking action, doing something. There, there are hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs mm, out there mm. who've never run a business, uh -huh. who've never done anything apart from uh -huh. post on Instagram. What does it take to just take that first step to, I mean, you, obviously you have to have an idea, but you've got to turn all of this kind of bravado and this mm, kind of yeah. talk and, and puff into something. You know, you've, got to, you've got to make that first phone call mm. and you've got to actually do something. Well, one, one is that uh, don't be afraid, like, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like I, I've, I've been on Instagram a lot and I've seen some people where they try to fake it till they make it. Yeah. But the way I see it is you should act that you belong uh, and that you actually dress and look the part. Yeah. So that's how you can deliver. Because if you have that fake persona and for your the potential client who can read you, if, and then if they don't see that authenticity, and yeah. you know, they're they're less likely to work with you. So if you be true to yourself, you stick to your values, and you be honest in what you do, then people are more willing to work with you because of the fact that you've been upfront with them yeah. uh, the whole time. Um, so actually, there's one that I will bring up about authenticity and how important it is. So. Um, right now, I'm ongoing. Uh, I'm, I do have this ongoing negotiation with a large dealer contract that I I could say it's about five times bigger than my Tesla contract. Okay. And during the the meeting, so this was with two uh, two of the four decision makers. So one of the questions was 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 there any incident where you actually had to make an insurance claim, like yeah. if somebody made a mistake and rather than beating around the bush I was actually honest where there was one incident that actually happened this is what happened and this is the outcome yeah. um, and even after that mistake we still work with this client with this yeah. corporate client um, and that was actually a big deal because it just shows because they were really I, I, I remember you know they were really looking into my eyes whether if I was gonna uh, blow smoke and whistles yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Absolutely. just be honest but I was very upfront I was very direct and I was very honest and open about this so they actually like that fact because it because they plan on building a long-term relationship yeah. so they really want to know that e so you know mistakes happen like no there's nobody's perfect um, in any business so even if a mistake happened are you gonna be upfront and resolve or are you gonna just beat around the bush 
So there's a fine line though, isn't there, when you're, you're being so honest, uh. almost, that it becomes, that there's a kind of thing at the moment in, in this whole kind of um, entrepreneurial scene, uh. there's a kind of, like a vulnerability mm-hmm. porn, mm-hmm. if you like, mm-hmm. where people mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. so open about everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because other people relate to it, mm-hmm. and it, it turns um, into, uh, into clicks, and mm-hmm. people... Mm-hmm. People buy into that because they can say, oh yeah, that's mm. like me too. Yeah. But it becomes almost obsessive, but people reveal too much. Where, where do you draw the line? How's the balance? Um, I would say, you know, it's, there's no problem in being vulnerable, but at the same time, you don't want people to take advantage of yeah. you. So there are things that you, do, you, know, you don't have to disclose. You, you can still be open, but you don't have to uh, disclose uh, everything like in the nitty-gritty details but you, you yeah. can still tell them the scoop as to what happened and because I mean if, if you go to Google and said and they'd offered you the, the contract mm-hmm. and you got oh my god it's only me now I'm gonna have to go and like you know find a load of people to come and do that mm. they probably would have just taken that contract they, they definitely yeah. would have right yeah. so however but like I said uh, earlier is that that's your end goal your end goal is to deliver what you uh, promise to them yeah and and so you already promised an end goal so you already set what your end goal is and so now even if you didn't have the building blocks now it's time for you to build that building block so you can deliver uh, that service yeah as long as it's done on time so how much of that then so a lot of time fear holds us back how much of that is driven by fear to meet the promises that you've already made like holy crap I need to get the get my act together uh, yeah I would yeah. say it's about 50% <laughs> <laughs> so a, little, a little bit of panic so yeah I, I, I had a lot of panic moments yeah. where but here's the thing it, it, it's, it's part of the growing uh, the growing pains in the business right yeah. where um, it's like you need money to to deliver but you need the infrastructure to deliver yeah, yeah so it's like the chicken it's like a chicken and egg problem mm-hmm. right yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of times where I did have those struggles, um, but at the end of the day, this is where you become very creative and out of the box is how to deliver uh, with a shoestring budget. Yeah. yeah. And then so there's a lot of uh, creative ways as you can do that. So but I can say you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm mm-hmm. happy that I managed to deliver a lot of things on a shoestring budget. It's like the um, the woman I forget her name now. She's the woman who created Spanx. Mm. So she's now multi-billionaire, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, she had just launched these spanks, and she she was these kind of tights with no legs mm-hmm. on that make you look they smooth yeah. out your bumps. Apparently, yeah. very popular. Apparently, um, and uh, yeah, she's running this enterprise from her, her apartment, mm-hmm. and um, Oprah Winfrey took an interest and said, mm-hmm. "We'd love to come to your offices and speak to you," and she was like, "Great," um, but. I don't have any offices. So she called all her friends in, made her apartment look like an office, <laughs> and just had all her friends sort of acting like they were like, she had a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone else over here doing designs and yeah. that kind of thing. And the whole thing was just staged, but it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it just launched her. Well, that's why, yeah, uh, as mentioned, you do have to dress the part, look yeah. the part as well too. But that doesn't mean you fake it. But, no. you just, but you just look the part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, as long as you look the part and then you show that this is what you're going to deliver, you'll, eventually you'll deliver that. And how much belief is required? I mean, you have to kind of say, yeah, I'm going to do this contract. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to do it, mm. but I believe mm. that I can. Mm. 100%. So there, there has You to be need to believe your, in yourself 100% because yeah. if you are not assertive in yourself, that's when you have struggles. 
Okay. Um, that's why that's when you have struggles because if you don't believe in your product, if you don't believe in your service, people will pick on that. Yeah. People, people will pick on that. They'll take on that, and they will notice they'll that that uh, that it was just all smoke and whistles, yeah. right? So if you don't believe in, in your product or service, how can you render the service then? Yeah. And that's and then you won't get motivated. So if you don't have that belief at first that you know if you don't believe in yourself, that's how you, you don't have any motivation. Yeah. And then if you don't have motivation in your business, that's how your business is gonna die. And I suppose it comes down a little bit to that, that insurance mm. claim, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you have to be prepared to take the risk mm-hmm. that you may have to mm. make an insurance claim, you may have to mess up at some point. Otherwise, you, you won't even try in the first mm. place. That's one. Also, two bottles of wine helps <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But yeah, I suppose it comes down to there's a very famous saying by Leonard Cohen, and it's um, something along the lines of uh, act how you want to be, mm. and eventually you'll be how you act. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if you want to be up there operating at that level, you need to engage with that mm-hmm. and be that kind of person mm-hmm. and not fake it, but just go and do that. And, mm-hmm prove it to yourself more than anyone else. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, well, I really must let you go, but I <laughs> appreciate you dropping in on your way to the airport. Really appreciate that. Oh, thank you for and having me. It's um, a pleasure uh, coming here into London and uh, being interviewed, actually. Well, that's cool. Well, yeah. you're going to be exhausted after this. But <laughs> I do um, really appreciate it. It was a very quick one, but you know, there's a lot of value in that. Oh, for sure. Really Thanks for having me here. Thanks so much.